Welcome to The Hidden Djinn, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Hi and welcome to this very special bonus series of The Hidden Djinn, The Interviews. In these episodes, you'll hear me talk to people from all walks of life who have had djinn experiences, are drawn to the stories of djinn, and draw lessons from these stories. You'll hear from artists, scholars, writers, journalists, and djinn exorcists. And even from me, as I discuss how and why this series came about in a very personal conversation with my husband. Thanks for listening and enjoy. This week, I am excited to bring to you an interview with not just one, but two people, a father and daughter team uh, that I discovered when I came upon a podcast called Archipelagosts. First of all, it's such a clever name. And the reason I discovered it was because they actually were listening to The Hidden Gin and they tweeted at us and I was enthralled. And so I took a listen and believe it or not, they talked about Jin, the very first episode. One of the hosts in that episode was interviewing her own father, Ariento, an amazing man who had an entire lifetime of experience with Jin. Now, both Anissa and of course her father, Ariento, um, are from Indonesia. And so their experience with this entity is culturally different than mine. But I was fascinated and hooked and I said, listen, I would love to talk to you guys more. I want to learn more from Ariento. So let me tell you a little bit about Anissa and Ariento. Anissa grew up in Australia and Indonesia. She studied arts at the University in Sydney, and she worked in various positions, actually in the film industry for about 15 years, including doing exhibition and distribution. Last year, she moved to the United States. She lives near Philly right now. She loves all things spooky, is an avid reader of historical fiction, and of course now the co-host of Archipelag Ghosts, a very cool podcast. Now, her father, Arianto, is 67 years old. He was born in East Java in Indonesia. He had moved to Australia after marrying an Australian woman where they lived for many years, and he comes from a really large family, eight or nine siblings. Now, he studied civil engineering, but then when he came back to Indonesia from Australia, he actually started his own advertising agency. He also plays music, very fond of jazz, and is an art director by skill. Now, it would seem that none of these things kind of line up with what you're about to hear in terms of his experience and abilities with the supernatural, but prepare to be amazed. Um, first of all, I want our listeners to know it's like 10 p.m. at night. Anissa and I are on the <laughs> East Coast in the United States, but Arianto is all the way across the globe in, where are you right now? In, J- in Jakarta. Jakarta, in Indonesia. I'm, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for organ- uh, for agreeing to come on. It's a weekend, so <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the morning for you. It's great. Um, so I told our listeners a little bit about you guys before we jumped on the call. And, um, but I first want to actually start off by Anissa, how I kind of discovered you mm-hmm. and your show. And I want you to tell us a little bit about, um, with you, a little bit of your personal background and then how you came to do this podcast about like Indonesian ghosts, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I've had this podcast called Archipelago and it's still very, very new. It's only like, I think two episodes out now, but it came about from 
one day I was speaking with my husband and my brother. I asked him, he had this story, which is in his episode about when he sort of had an encounter possibly with a supernatural being, um, a djinn possibly. Mm. (laughs) And um, I sort of thought to myself, this, this is like really fun. And I think a lot of people don't know about this kind of stuff from Indonesia. Um, The, the, the crazy different like beings and, and, um, mystical things that that are that are around, and Indonesia itself as a country, I think, is not maybe quite as known around the world as well. So, um, I I come from a a film industry background. Most of my working um, life has been in the film industry, so I've always been really uh, attracted to and interested in just telling stories in general and um, experiencing different kinds of. Um, like, cause I really love documentaries, different kinds of people's backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. So I thought be really like, I obviously can't make, um, I can't go to in- Indonesia at the moment cause <laughs> we're all on sort of not lockdown really, but right. we're still not allowed to leave the country, but that would have been great. But so I thought instead of making like a little documentary series, I could do a podcast instead. Um, and so is this your first of, podcast, the first time you're podcasting? Um, a few years ago, I did have one that didn't last very long. It was with a friend of mine from uh, Australia. It was a horror film podcast. So we'd watch horror <laughs> movies see. and talk about there's it a, after. There's like a trend here. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of a trend, yeah. <laughs> kind of like little ghosty kind of trend. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Arianta, let me ask you. So, uh, Anissa, you clearly have a, kind of a creative streak and you like to tell stories. What about you? Do you have a bit of a creative background as, um, <laughs> as her father? Is she getting this from you? Well, actually, I, I'm basically a right, a right hand brain <laughs> because ah. I'm a, I always been a, a insecurative person since I was a, you know as long as I remember you know. Uh, but I don't know somehow I ended up studying civil engineering, and only to find out that you know it doesn't really suit me. So I went to Australia basically just for you know, adventuring mm. and ended up studies in advertising and, and design. So you went so from then, civil engineering to advertising. So that I mean like a, a creative field, really. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So since then I, I work in, a, in, a, in an advertising industry. Uh, and after 16 years in Australia, so I decided to come back to Indonesia because at that time, you know, uh, advertising was re- were really booming here, so I came to Indonesia and started my uh, own agency, and yeah, so basically I'm a creative person myself. Yeah, and you play jazz. Yes, I play I music read. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. So, so yeah. Uh, so, but I don't hear in any of your backgrounds like this theme uh, that connects to like the supernatural or the paranormal or any of that. Is that just something like? Is it something like you kind of grew up with Anisa? Are these like ghost stories you told your daughter, uh, Arianto? Like, how? <laughs> why? Why is this family interested in this? <laughs> Did you sit around the dinner table and talk about this? Like, well, yeah. Actually, it's not. It's quite right, you know, because we've been grown up with this kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we don't uh, we don't really call it supernatural. Which, as a young young kid, we know we know them as a uh, uh, what you call that a ghost. So basically, we grow grow up with this kind of uh, thinking. Uh, not until we not until we grow grown up and learns about a little bit about religions and understand understood that this uh, entity 
called Jin, mm. right? So uh, in Indonesia, uh, this kind of thing is just like maybe similar as in other Muslim country. It's just like part of a, a daily daily things. You know, we talk about our experience. Oh, you know, last night this what happened and what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the other friends and yeah, I said the same thing. So it just become like a, a daily things. You know, just like a mm. part of a, our, our, you know, our like our, everyday our, life. Part of everyday, everyday life. Would you say? Everyday <laughs> life, exactly. You know, so we do. We never really uh, sort of. Uh, uh, surprised about of what's happening with other people because oh yeah yeah I, I, I similar is the same thing and that sort of things you know yeah so so that's so, interesting you know um, in in the so my family you know, I, I come from a Muslim family they are how do I say this my family was not like super um, spiritual we never talked about jinn I wanted to <laughs> as a kid we never did. And I would just like uh, crave it from other families, you know, like uh, in other families that are more like kind of Sufi and more mystical families, more they practice uh, the religion in, in a more esoteric fashion. But it sounds like like this was so much part of the kind of the culture, the Indonesian culture, that it wasn't considered something that people would look at and think, well, that's kind of weird. Um, like this was just kind of an accepted reality. Is that what it was like for you growing up, Anissa? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty spot on, actually, because it is so this is something I think I talk about a lot when in the podcast, but also when I explain to people is it is so much a part of everyday life that it's not odd. And it's not something we think of mentioning, oh, by the way, there are these, there are a lot of these supernatural stories or mystical beings around. It's just, you know, people have jobs, people go to school, and this kind of stuff is part of everyday life. So it's not really always something that you think to mention or to single out specifically in a sense. It's just part of the the, the blanket of life in Indonesia, I guess. <laughs> now, the interesting thing to me, and I, I think I heard you speak about this uh, a bit in the episode I heard um, with Arianto on it, is that this is not, uh, it's not really uh, limited to like Indonesian Muslims. It, I mean, Indonesia is a mm-hmm. diverse country with uh, there are other religious populations there. And so is this more cultural than it is religious, would you, would you guys say? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Because um, dad might know more about this sort of than I do, especially he's lived there longer. But um, the, the history of Indonesia was, there was like the animism, dynamism, Um, beliefs before any religions came and that already was quite spiritual but then Hinduism came Buddhism came then Islam came but there was always that belief in a super spiritual and a supernatural before any religion so I think that's why all Indonesians regardless of their beliefs do believe in some form of this um, kind of stuff that's kind of um, yeah. that's pretty yeah okay can you expound on that a bit because what's interesting to me about okay again my family's from Pakistan is a majority Muslim Sunni Muslim country very very tiny populations of Hindus and or, and Christians and Sikhs very tiny populations and there is absolutely I would say other than some cultural practices like the, the food you eat or the the way you dress there's like zero I, I would say almost zero overlap with a lot of the spiritual beliefs so can you can you talk to me a little bit about how that how that exists in Indonesia, because these are very different religious traditions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. They're very, very different religions. Yeah. Well, basically because um, when Islam came to Indonesia, uh, they, they, you know, the, they found a little bit of uh, uh, what you call that uh, rejection because of uh, the cultures, 
mm. at that time basically were Hinduism and Buddhism and Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So they found a way how to to uh, make the people accept Islam by a little bit combining between both. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. right. There was some compromise there then. <laughs> exactly, there's some compromise. Uh -huh. For example, like in, in Hinduism, they they do a lot of ritual of offering and sort of stuff. While yeah, in Muslim, yeah, yeah. And in Muslim, we don't have that sort of thing. So uh, how they do it, they just allow to do that thing, but just change slightly with the, the intention of for God instead of for, you know, the Hindu's God sort of thing. Oh, that's interesting. So that's sort of... A, so this is a sort of compromise uh, that the two uh, you know two two beliefs just to get the Islam uh, accepted by the people at that time, and this goes in the uh, you know for a long process until until finally people are really understood about Islam and can accept it as uh, you know as Islam as itself without being uh, what you call influenced by other beliefs sort of thing. Mm. Though still people who are practicing this, you know, this uh, dual belief sort of thing in Indonesia, they call themselves a Muslim, but then they're still practicing a little bit about Hinduism or Buddhism. They hold on they, to like some of this, the, 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 the old ways, huh? That's exactly. interesting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dad, you um, should tell Rabia about Kajawen. Yeah. Who, who is Kajawan? <laughs> or what? For example, what, yeah. For, yeah, for example, Kajawan. Kajawan is some sort of like a spiritual belief, you know. Basically, they're Muslim, but they're practicing uh, some of the Hindus' uh, rituals, you know. Okay. Being, being Jaffa, before Islam came to Indonesia, basically are, uh, were uh, Hindus' uh, kingdoms. So they have pretty, pretty strong tradition on Hindus' uh, ritual. So when Islam came, uh, we, there were about nine, nine person, we, we call it nine Sufis, who came to Jaffa and tried to spread Islam. Mm -hmm. And they used lots of different ways to attract people to Muslim. And for example, in Jaffa, they even included gamelan. Gamelan is a, a musical, Japanese musical, uh, you know, uh, like style. an orchestra, like an oh, orchestra. Okay, okay. But ba based on the Hindu's tradition, something. Oh. So, so they kind of like mix it. <laughs> so you will find a little bit of Islamic, for example, reciting with that kind of tone <laughs> of Hinduism, uh, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, a, a tone of voice sort of thing. So, well, you know, the Sufis have always been the most flexible. <laughs> <laughs> They've been pretty flexible in the, in the subcontinent too. Yeah, I get that. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, so, so that's uh, uh, even, even uh, and that goes from generation in, to generation, in, mm. you know, uh, as, as a Javanese especially. Like I came from Madura, so we really don't have that sort of thing, you know. Because it's sort of like a completely different different uh, island from Jaffa, even though it's pretty close. Mm. So even the sultan in Java, in Java, we call them, are still practicing that sort of uh, you know, you know, what would you call it, fusion, <laughs> fusion concept of uh, belief. You know, though, though they call themselves as a Muslim, uh, a Muslim uh, 
a kraton or whatever, a kingdom or whatever it is you may call it, but it has always been uh, some sort of a Hindu's influence uh, included in their daily activities. Okay. So I, I, I want to circle back to that influence, but first before we, uh, specifically, especially on like the belief in supernatural and, and jinn, I mean, most of specifically, mm-hmm. since that's what this podcast is about. But um, actually, I want to pivot to you for a little bit, Anissa, I want to ask you this. So as somebody who kind of grew up in a family, in a culture that mm-hmm. was like, yeah, this is just a thing. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think I saw somebody in my room last night, or maybe I saw a vision. Mm-hmm. Or, like you, it's just a <laughs> part of your reality. That's not, you don't have to question your sanity. You don't have to uh, question whether it's real or not. But you you didn't grow up in Indonesia the entire time, right? You were also raised in Australia, correct? Yeah, that's right. So how did did that change for you then like then growing up in suddenly a culture that was like, wait, what are you talking about? I mean, did you yeah. start to question your own kind of belief system? So I grew up in Australia until I was um I think what was it? Seven, eight. No, I was eight when we moved. So I didn't really have too much of a concept of things around me, I guess. Um, what What's the difference between Australia and Indonesia it was just a different location where I was living. Mm. Um, so most of my growing up of like being actually aware of my surroundings and learning things, I think, was mostly in Indonesia because that was from around eight to 18 um, and then moved to Australia uh, for university. So that's that's when I realised the difference, how in Indonesia it was very common every every day to sort of talk about jinn and like how um, there's this concept of penunggu, which is um, sort of, we kind of have a, quite, a, quite a lot of words that all are kind of interchangeable for basically what is jinn or a spiritual being. Um, but the penunggu is more of the idea of, of a being that inhabits a place. So, for example, like in our house, um, in my parents' house rather, uh, there's apparently these jinn who live there and they've sort of, what is it, Dad? There's like one in every room or something. <laughs> they, <laughs> and they've, they've helped us in the past. Like this was in sort of our episode zero. Like they apparently um, helped us when our house got robbed and all this kind of stuff. So. Oh, my God. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got to hear this story. My <laughs> listeners have to hear this story. You're saying that so matter-of-factly. How long have you yeah. been in that house with these gin, by the way, Arianto? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 20, 25 years or something oh, like So is that yeah. the house you grew up in then, Anita? Um, half of it. Yeah. We, most of the time that I was there was in that house. Yep. And when you were there, you were aware that they were just there? I didn't like, cause I'm not sensitive towards that kind of stuff. So I've mm. never, I've never actually really seen anything or there's like the one story that I have that is, um, possibly when I experienced something, but I've never actually seen or heard or anything like that. Um, so to me, it's still something that's fairly invisible. That's fairly, um, theoretical in a sense, because I've never really had that experience that a lot of people had, like dad has had that just makes you go really, yep, a hundred percent. There, there are these things and I've experienced um, a connection with them. I haven't had that. So to me, there's still just something that's like, oh yeah, they're, they're supposed to be around, but I've never experienced it. So it's not an issue for me, not a problem. I do believe that, I mean, there are people who have just uh, either heightened sensibility or sensitivity or, or Mm -hmm. or some kind of opening that others don't. And I, and I'm like you, Anissa, I, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm waiting to feel it or see it, but it's not happening. But, uh, you know, my husband warns me and says, don't, uh, don't tempt them, but don't tempt fate. um, Arianto, how did you, how did you, 
discover that there are were gin in every room of that house. Were they just like part <laughs> of your, you know, they're, they're different gin, right? They're, so they're the gin that kind of inhabit a space and then and attach themselves to a place, and then there are gin that attach themselves to people and will follow them around, like from place to place, house to house. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about these gin and how you discover they exist? <laughs> well, first, first of all, they're there. Um, as an Indonesian, we all believe that uh, they are everywhere, the genes everywhere, even in our own house. We just sort of like a given, you know, we live side by side with them. Uh, so that makes it easier for us to just believe, okay, there's a, a gene in this room or the gene in the other room or the, the genes in the garden, that sort of thing. But not until when I really actually... Um, I don't know, maybe you can call it opening up my channel towards <laughs> something that's more sensitive, then I can sort of detect their being, <laughs> you know. Though I, I actually that's happened, it's, a, it's not a, my intention, but it's more like because uh, once... I, I joined this, uh, this uh, what you call it. It's not a martial art. It's more like a, a healthy, uh, what you call it, a, a club some sort to develop your inner power mm-hmm. for the purpose of, uh, you know, being more healthy and, you know, can do things more, that sort of stuff. But Is it like a, the, a meditative type of thing or like a mindfulness uh, type of uh, it's it's sort of like combination meditation and and uh, breathing exercise okay. and and uh, you know as a Muslim also a zikr too. Mm-hmm. So it open it opened up the channel unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I have a, uh, that kind of a nature for that, but not everyone uh, you know can uh, that, that have that similar thing. But in my case it opened my channels toward some, you know, a, a different dimension uh, that all this time I knew. Uh, so when I uh, had that, uh, Indonesian call it uh, ilmu. Ilmu is just like a knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> knowledge. But this is more like a spiritual knowledge sort of thing. Uh I didn't know what happened at that time. How come, uh, you know, all of a sudden I become very sensitive. Uh, so can I ask uh, you, uh, when was your, when, when did you first realize something had changed? What was it? What event was it? One of, one of the, um, like if you sort of upgrading, you know, when I doing, when I did this, uh, 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 what you call that, um, uh, inner powers exercise, is to be able to detect uh, some sort of a differences of energy, you know. Uh, for example, uh, you, you sort of blindfold it and then you, you detect different colors as a different of, a, 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 you know, energy that you can really feel it with your hand, mm. you know. So, for example, black is this kind of strength of powers. The red is this kind of, you know, strength or yellow and so on. So in the end, you can really read. So you can, with your, with your eyes closed, without seeing the color, if no, you touch that's the right. color, you can yeah. touch the color and tell what color it is from the energy it's emanating. That, that's that's right. That's so insane. It's a, wow. So just like, 
<laughs> just like uh, you have you have an, a big alphabet, for example, and you just just like I sort of scan it over it, and you can tell the difference between white and black, and white and black, and you uh, in the end you can sort of figure out what 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 alphabet it is, you know? Wow! Because it's just like a scanning. Okay. So, so how can I, how long did it take you to master this by the way I mean this must have taken years it feels like uh, yeah well actually two two or three years something wow. like that you know wow. so so that kind of thing and and uh actually it's pretty simple it based on the uh the positive and negative energy because they they, they don't mix sort of thing mm. So based on that concept, you can really tell, you know, if it's a positive or is it a negative energy sort of thing. So, so that's, it started like that. So when I, uh, you know, sometime I went somewhere and all of a sudden my whole body is just like being electrocuted. It's like, you know, the kind of feeling like, wow, it's just a different sort of thing. Yeah. So, so I said, hey, what's this, you know? How come all of a sudden I became sort of like... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, pins and person, needles. Uh, yeah, sort of oh, thing. Yeah, I, yeah. So not until I met this man, who actually we call it man with lots of knowledge, he can uh, detect that I have that kind of power, but I didn't realize at that time mm. that I have it. So he said, "Look, if you want to, I can really help you and really opening up." You know, so you, you know exactly what's happening, you know, with yourself. So, uh, so, I, so I said, okay, it's going to affect me. <laughs> and right. he said, no, no, no. It just will, it will give you some sort of additional, you know, additional knowledge of something. Okay, it's fine. I, I can live with it. So he did something, okay. You just do, you just accepting whatever happened to yourself. Mm. Don't try. Don't try to fight against that. So he did something. I didn't know what he did, you know, because he he sort of stood behind me. So I can really, you know, I can just just let my body sort of a feeling, following whatever it is that's just coming to me. And in the end, uh, he said, "Okay, now I'm pretty sh- certain that you do have this uh, ability." to you know to to what you call the, to to feel a different dimension mm. so if you want to i can i can really give you this knowledge to you so you can sort of really make, maximize <laughs> utilize it and uh, and you said yes to that offer <laughs> yeah. but again again i i kind of person who always curious about uh, new thing yeah. so including this thing you know uh, okay so yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I would like to have that. So, so uh, make, to make it short, sort of like a, what, uh, give it to me. I don't know what sort of ritual he did, but anyway, he gave it to me. And he also gave it instruction. This is how you sort of, uh, uh, you know, switch it on and off <laughs> with your new knowledge sort of you thing. Can you can switch know. it on and off? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Is that so like if you go somewhere where there might be a lot of energy or, or entities, like you just don't want to be disturbed, so you just switch it off? That's right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's so that's so he said it is 
it, it is very important how to do it. So whatever is energy, that they, for example, if you encounter with a negative energy, they don't overpower you, you know, so mm-hmm. you just switch it off. Mm-hmm. You know, instead yeah. of just let the whole thing, you know, <laughs> overpower you and right. you don't know how what to, right. to deal with. Uh, so that's 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 what happened. And he and the the positive part, not the positive, you know, maybe the the good thing that uh, I can also help people, you know, uh, with that knowledge, helping in terms of, for example, I can detect. You know, it's sort of like, okay, you have this sort of a problem in your body, sort of thing. Mm. Uh, you, I can help you to fix it. Or maybe I can... Is this... Okay, I'm going to ask you something, and this is going to be kind of personal, but is this because you have developed the ability on your own, or is this because you're, like, using the assistance of a jinn to help you do it? Using the, uh, uh, the existence of jinn. The assistance, so, like like there's yeah. a gin helping you. Gin's helping me. So that's that's what it is. What? So wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. You, know, you do have gin helping you? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, this so is you, new yeah. to me too. Because, oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Because because in you know basically we're sort of living one dimension as a human you know human being right. you don't have like a dual dim- dimension but you can go across the other dimension by help by knowledge vice versa like a gene can come to our dimension if the genes has knowledge to do it if not right. so they just live it in you know their, their uh, realm sort of thing so yes uh, uh, Anissa, example. do you have a whole lot of questions now for your father? <laughs> since you're just, I'm about, I'm about to take over, Robbie, and just start asking him questions. <laughs> Please feel yes, free to uh, jump in because I don't have so many. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so, uh, actually, as a Muslim, I don't have any uh, any what, uh, what you call uh, disagreement with this concept because you know even even in the in the quran and the, the king solomon's have lots of uh, uh, army of jinn help him sure. build build the, the, his kingdom so 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 this this man or i can call it my mentor or whatever this is the same thing you know you can ask him to do things as king solomon asked the jinn to do help uh, him to uh, you know, to build his kingdom so as long as you know how to 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 communicate with them and and you know, uh, and looking after uh, your uh, respect over them, on and vice versa, so you can sort of work together. Wow, okay. I have a lot of questions about how you actually work with the jinn. But Anissa, let me ask you this: How old were you when you recognized that your father has something going on? Um, I think actually when he first told me the story of. Um, some of the things that he could do from this um, this new, what was it, the, the meditation group, the inner energy training that he did. Because what is it called? Is there a name for this discipline, by Sat- the way, for this practice? Is it Satriya Nusantara? It's called say, Satriya Nusantara. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I so, think he started doing that when I was in high school. So I was aware sort of of what this group did, what they learned. Okay. And then he probably just told us a couple of things, like maybe over dinner or breakfast, like, oh, we did this or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And just, it was just left at that <laughs> pretty much. Well, I do know how teenagers are. I mean, so yeah, <laughs> you can be pretty dismissive. <laughs> the parent can be like, I, I, you know, cured cancer. And the teenager's like, all right, that's cool, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay, but so, but have you yourself witnessed your father like work in this space, um, working with people or identifying things or anything kind of supernatural happening to him, even if you didn't experience something directly yourself? Did you mm-hmm. ever seen him go through? Um, I, I, maybe the closest thing is so the the thing you do with the healing people is where you put your hands on them. It's similar to um, maybe some of your listeners might be more familiar with Reiki. Mm, um, where yes. you put your hands, yeah, on on someone's body, and you can either feel where they're where they're in pain, or you can help heal them. That's something um, that the people in Satria Nusantara learn how to do. So, Dad um, has done that on me. If I had have known he was using gin at the time, <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> um, but my aunt, who um, is Dad's younger sister, she does this as well. But I don't know. Does does Tantarani do that as well? Is it similar to what you did, Dad, or is it different? Well, she, she's, uh, I think she's, uh, what do you call that? She never studied anything. <laughs> she you know, this is what I did. But it sort of uh, naturally came with, you know, mm. with her and you know, that ability to, to help people. So. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, one time I just had, like, I think just pains in my neck and shoulders, which I get a lot. And usually if you're in Indonesia, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's pretty easy and cheap to go get a massage. But one mm. day I was like, oh, Dad, do you want to try, see if you can help? And so he was like putting his hands on me and was like, do you feel the heat? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit. Okay. But then that was that was kind of it. I was like, okay, thanks, Dad. <laughs> in terms of a healing stuff like that, I didn't really need the help of Gene, you know, mm. because uh, my own energies can, can do it, you know. But for something that is... Uh, more complicated maybe i need a little bit help of gene but in terms of healing i don't really need it because uh, you know actually it's a part of what i learned in satya santara i say utilize my inner energy to help other people so basically something that that everyone can learn to do that is you know without being involved with supernatural uh, things in my case is maybe because i I have some sort of a flair for the supernatural. So it's just sort of like a connection, you know, right. between what I learn and what my ability to do other stuff. So Anita, let me ask you, your reaction to um, right now, I mean, you were joking, I know um, mm-hmm. about it, but when you said, well, if I had known that you're using a gin or maybe not using a gin, is it because mm-hmm. like you, even having grown up in a culture where it's very, very normalized, uh, there's still like a fear around it? Like, do you not want to get yeah. too close to these things? Um, I think because I don't have that sensitivity, it's, and I said before, it was still kind of half theoretical to me. Like that's not something that's very evident. So like I was joking before, like, I think if, dad had said, I'm going to use a gin to help heal you. And I'd be like, okay, do it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, if it helps me like, you know, get rid of my neck pain, that's great. Um, but, uh, in terms of other things, like for example, people will say, or like what I said before, how there's supposedly a gin in every room of the house. It's like, okay, well, they haven't done anything so far, so it's mm. fine. Like, Well, how did you understand that? That they just lived there like everybody else lives there? They don't want to uh, mess with you? You don't want to mess, like, just leave them alone? Or were yeah, they guardians? Like, or what, what was the dynamic here? Um, Dad probably mentioned it at some point during the years that I was living there during high school. And so because it is so um, naturally accepted, it's just like, oh, okay, they're here. And then at first maybe it was a little bit like, 
you kind of look around the room and go, okay, where is it? Is like, is it watching me get undressed? And like, can I go to the toilet? And then right. you just forget about it. And it's just like, yeah, well, if they're going to see, they're going to see, yeah. I suppose. I don't think they really care at this point. So, um, yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. Ariante, I want to ask you um, specifically, it's one thing to learn, I think, um, this discipline of how to kind of like feel energy and be able to detect energy. It's another thing to be able to get Jin to do what you want, right? I mean, you talked about Solomon. Every, everything that I've learned in my research is that um, when people, when the Jin do something for people, it's not for nothing. There is some kind of negotiation. They want something. Or now Solomon, King Solomon, was able to control them because he had the power of this ring. It wasn't, they weren't, they weren't helping him happily. They were like, his <laughs> slave. they didn't have a choice, they, right? They were his slaves. Right. Mm-hmm. So for you, first of all, how, how did you learn? Because that's a whole nother level. It's one thing to know that they exist. It's another, or, or to be able to feel them or see them. It's another thing to be able to get them to work with you. How did you get to that point and how do you do it? Well, actually, um, see, uh, the thing that I really sort of, uh, you, what you call the, like about uh, this n- new, you know, knowledge is because it's based on actually the power of God. Mm. So before anything, before I start doing anything, I always make a prayer that you're the powerful God, you're the powerful, and I just you, ask you your help in using your other creation. Basically, it's like that. So, so if it's not happening, it's not happening. It's not meant to be, you know, to be happened. So basically, it's, uh, it's uh, not entirely, it's up to, to genes when, <laughs> to help or you. or not. Right. No, that's right. So it's basically, it's up to, up to God. If, it, if he let uh, me use gene to help me then be it if not okay no problem it's sort of thing so uh i never promise anything like if i have people so i always say inshallah it will you know it'll do something good if it's not you know maybe other time i can help you uh, with other things that sort of thing uh so based on that belief uh i never uh, made any transaction mm. <laughs> you know as, as you said before you know uh, if uh, if someone asked Jin to do something and we have to do something for Jin, no, I never you know I never done things like that because uh, you know because it's not it's not what I believe basically mm-hmm. I I I don't believe that Jin can take over us as human because we are we are most uh, higher in the position in the rank mm. compared to jinn so, so you actually don't I, think jinn can possess human beings if they are st- strong enough they can mm. just like just like a, you know just like a, if you have a, a really strong fortress Fort, fortress fort, it's it's going to be very hard for the enemy to try to penetrate it mm-hmm. it's a sort of a, a basic concept uh, it's a, you know it's as simple as that you know if you're very strong in your faith, they won't be able to penetrate you and, and manipulate you unless if you let them to mm. manipulate you by 
opening up a channel for them to come, then they will, you know, they will really manipulate you as to the maximum because that's, that's how they are, you know. They are mani- a great manipulators. Are you able to identify, like, specific gin? Like, for example, if you're using the power of a gin to help in some situation and another time you're doing that again, can you tell this is the same gin, these are different gin? I mean... Are you able to differentiate and can you actually communicate with them? Yes, uh, because uh, just like actually, actually just like, uh, just like us a human being, you know, before we sort of uh, have some sort of uh, communication, we always ask, you know, what's your name and where are you from? How are you? Just sort of things. You know? Oh my gosh. So you ask and they tell you. Yes, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> because uh, just like, uh, you know, just like uh, we, are, if we meet someone somewhere and we introduce ourselves, so they introduce themselves and, and, you know, we... Wow. We, I have chills right now. I'm really afraid. <laughs> 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 it's hard for me to get but, chills. But, but the, wow. the interesting thing is the more you know their world, is the less, the less care to us mm-hmm. because... We are scared of uh, of a surprise, something that you don't mm-hmm. expect, right? That's mm-hmm. what scare is all about. But if you know who they are and how they live, is this there's nothing to fear, basically. Yeah, the unknown, you know, the unknown is the scariest thing. That's right. Yeah. So, are you uh, able to see them? Are you are you actually able to see them? Do they come to you in a certain form? I don't know about other people, but uh, with myself, I don't, I cannot see them. Okay. But I can tell, we call it matahati. Matahati, we see them without our eyes, but we see them are with our spiritual mm. uh, feeling. Okay. Uh, you know, some people may say, oh, I can see them. Maybe they have a sort of, a, you know, uh, uh, quite ability to, to penetrate with the, their own eyes but in in my case i use my inner you know, what you call matahati is inner what you like call inner vision inner eyes. <laughs> mm. in in inner, inner vision so i sort of like describe that this is like this you know he's like this or she's like this sort of thing can i ask you what kind of things that you might ask them other than the healing what other kinds of situations might you invite the help of the jinn uh uh, well, for example, like, uh, like, uh, like finding things, isn't it? Finding that? things. Yeah. Really? Like if so, yeah. Because basically, basically gene can help us for something that's already happened, but not, you know, they cannot predict but they, they can help with something that's already happened. So they can't predict the future. They can't see the future, which means they cannot. you can't, you no, can't they see can't. So if somebody comes to you and says, and asks for your help to predict something in the future or to help no, make no. a decision for the future, you cannot help that. No, if, they, if someone will say that, they, to me at least, mm-hmm. uh, they will manipulate it by gene. I got it. Because, because they can, how can, you know, how can gene see something that not even there yet? You not know? even there, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's, a, it's as simple as that. So if it's something that's already happened, you can't ask them. Because they may not himself or herself witnessing what's happening, but maybe other uh, other, you know, other genes who witnessing. So to me, the theory basically just like googling. 
oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Like you, it's like, <laughs> like you want, just like if you want to know something, yeah, you can you can just sit behind your laptop or whatever and just Googling yeah. and lots of information came into you and you just pick which one that's most suitable to you. So what it is different with gene? You know, Arianto, um, uh, Anissa, before you joined um, the call, I was telling Arianto that this is not my first podcast. I've been podcasting for five years mm-hmm. and I began my first podcast is about solving uh, like wrongful conviction cases where innocent people are in prison. And the reason I got into that work is because I have been an advocate um, trying to free an innocent man since 1999 for a murder. Mm-hmm. He was only a boy then, 17. Uh, and Arianto, I'm still trying to solve this murder. He's still in prison now. And we have been fighting and fighting and fighting in the appeals. I might need your help. <laughs> <laughs> like I, no, listen, I, I am, I am, I'm, I'm happy to go to court. I'm happy to go to the media. I will try political solutions and I will ask the gin if that's what it takes to free, to free this poor boy because he has been in prison for 20 years for something he didn't do. Uh, so maybe we can talk separately about, about that. <laughs> uh, because if, if anybody can help me solve this murder, then, uh, then he can come home and be free finally. So I, and I'm, mm-hmm. I swear I'm not joking at all. So um, this is, but have you actually, but you know, it, so there is a phenomena, at least in the United States where, their law enforcement has worked with like mediums and people who have these abilities where yeah. they're able to communicate. And so is that something you've ever done? Not, not, you know, into that far, but it's more like a family matter. So mm. a close friends matter, but not something that is, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to introduce you to that whole world now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Okay. So, uh, Anissa, actually, I'm kind of curious, as you listen to your father talk about these abilities and that he's communicating with Jin and he can, what, like, what are you thinking? Do you think, I mean, do you fully believe hundred percent? Like, this is your father. This is not like me talking mm-hmm. to a stranger where I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, you know, maybe I'm kind of skeptical. Do you, do you like, yeah, it's my dad. He, this is, if he's saying it, it's the truth. Yeah, kind of, because of when it's when it's someone that you know that speaks about it, um, you just kind of go, okay, well, yep, that's that's how it is. Um, I think I always call myself a skeptic, and it's in, it's a skeptic in in not the sense that I don't believe anything like this exists. It's more that I'm always questioning when people tell me things. Mm. But depending on the person who tells me, like if you hear a story on you know ghost hunting about whatever. You go, well, I don't know this person. They could just be doing it for a TV show. But when it's someone... Oh, I don't trust any of those TV shows. (laughs) I I don't. (laughs) Yeah. But when it's someone that you know, it it has a different weight to it. It has a different meaning. So... Um, even though I don't experience, I go, yep, well, dad experienced that. Or yep, my sister experienced that. And it just kind of, it's accepted as fact. And, and yeah, just move on. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it is a bit weird. Um, I think especially for non-Indonesians or maybe, um, Western quote unquote Western people, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's not as accepted when you talk about this kind of stuff, you can really get sort of some looks of like, Mm. Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the West has always looked to the East for enlightenment. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on. We know what's up. <laughs> um, they're, they're, these dimensions, you know, we've been tapped into them for thousands of years. And that's why um, in the West, you have every so often gurus pop up and mm-hmm. maybe go like fools out of people. But um, there is kind of a hunger and thirst. I think a lot yeah, of people definitely. all yeah. over the world, yeah, yeah. the people that's believe right. that there is something because- yeah. 
people in every culture experience, you know, things that they cannot explain. So there's like this thirst to have it explained. But until, let me ask you something. Um, and I, I mean, I, I want to talk about like the specific gin stuff a little more with um, Arianta, but let me ask you something. You said that you had a podcast before a few years ago about horror and now mm-hmm. you're doing something. And this is Ar- Archipelagos, which by the way, the name is brilliant. I love the name. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm quite happy with the name. <laughs> yes. It's so clever. Who came up with the name itself? Uh, I did. And I, oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny little story, but when I told every single person, I video called them because I wanted to see their expressions <laughs> and all my siblings who were all younger than me just kind yeah. of rolled their eyes, just did, Oh, I had to get on a video call for this, that kind of stuff. So they're not as impressed as you. So thank you. No, <laughs> listen, I know how hard it is to brand a podcast. Let me tell you, I had a full production team from two different production companies and me trying to come up with a name for this show. And the best we could do was the hidden gin, <laughs> which is not that creative. <laughs> <laughs> so Archipelagos is a brilliant name and I, I even love your logo and stuff. So kudos on it. Um, but, but so let yeah. So now, you're, but Archipelagos is not a, would you consider it like a horror podcast? Is it something that you want to scare people with? What is your point of doing this? Oh, okay. So that's actually a really good question. The answer is no, I really don't want to scare people. I really want people just to be more open about things that they haven't heard of or experienced. Um, we don't sort of try and get into the <clears throat> the creepy music or the creepy stories and, I don't know, special effect sounds and all that kind of stuff. And we're very jokey and very casual in our conversations because I want people to just experience it in a, in a lighthearted, like they're just talking with their friends kind of way. So I, I really don't want to um, scare people at all, but it is all still related in that same kind of universe where it's the unknown, like horror is fear of the unknown and, and all these supernatural um, matters are things that are unknown. So I guess in a way it is, it is connected. Um, Were you one of those kids who <clears throat> like wanted to try to connect with the unknown like did you like being scared and like and- I, I definitely don't uh want to actually experience it it's it's kind of weird <laughs> like okay. i sort of just accept that they're there and then it's kind of if and then people ask so you want to see proof and i'm like no no, no i don't need to see proof i'm just like yeah that's fine if they're there yeah. i just don't want to actually see them there's still to me it's irrational that i can sort of be skeptical but also believing but also not wanting proof at the same time it doesn't right. really it's not quite logical, but that's just that's just how it is. It, I think. I mean, it sounds a lot like background. faith and religion, <laughs> like mm, every yeah. faith and religion, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we believe in things we can't see and don't mm-hmm. need to be proven. And I, so I, I don't think it's um, look look. You know, Halloween is fast approaching. By the time this episode yes. airs, I'm not sure if Halloween will have come and gone. But even in the West, it's like yeah. you know, th- there is this kind of like at least kind of like there's a desire to want to believe in it. Um, and, and actually <laughs> a desire to kind of want to be scared. We love the horror movies. Yes. We love the scare, the jump scares and stuff. Arantha, let me ask you, was there ever a time when you were actually really scared of, uh, of any experience that you had? Maybe you opened a door to something you didn't want, or you said a prayer for help. And instead of help, something happened, so an entity that was dark and scary instead came to you. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, that's uh, that's one of the reason I kind of uh, sort of uh, you know stop <laughs> doing these sort of things. You know? Oh, you're not doing but, it anymore. But I need your help. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, <clears throat> uh, I still call myself as uh, 
in a beginners <laughs> sort of thing. And I haven't really yet met the very, what you call, bad personality gene yet. Uh, but it, it's, not, it's not impossible that if I keep doing it, I will meet <laughs> a gene who, who is more powerful than I do. Mm. Then, then it can, uh, you know, endangers my myself sort of thing, because I realize it's my knowledge is still pretty, you know, pretty shallow in this, in this uh, what you call it, genes business. <laughs> so I decide, okay, um, maybe maybe I shouldn't, you know, continue doing, you know, this sort of thing. At least I know about who they are and how they live and how can we can sort of uh, live together and I have knowledge about them and it's sort of sort of enough for me you know I don't have to take it uh, further because uh, because uh, again uh, I'm not meant to be that kind of a person you know it just it's just something that happened to me in in a, you know in a coincidentally you know so, so I, you actually it, stop doing all this kind of work well, but once you have it, you still kind of like, a, you know, still carry it with you. But I did not, you know, take it further sort of thing, you know. Mm. I still can feel it. But but maybe in the old days, uh, it's a funny thing because in the old days, I just uh, treated it just like a new friend to me, you know. Like if I if I have nothing to do at night, I just uh, you know, go in the balcony and just start calling one of them and have some sort of uh, you know conversation with them. You know, so and that's why you were hanging out on the balcony all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, it's amazing. So, we, so from from that experience, I I learned quite a bit about about them. You know what? How they live and you know, tell me, tell me about do. that. Tell me what you learned. I want to I want to hear this. Well, uh, uh, I, I have a good story before dad, dad starts. Okay. It's just sure, something sure. that I thought of is you mentioned in, in your episode, Rabia, about there's all the different gins and the different kinds there are. And there's the one that's sort of attached to a person or a family. Yeah, yeah. So our family, like the extended family, um, like dad's siblings and that kind of stuff, there is actually supposedly one or some, is it dad, that sort of protecting the family? Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. okay? Okay. Yeah, they've been passed down through generations. That's yeah, something right, like yeah. that. Yep. And is that something you were to- like told about growing up, or like everybody in the family kind of knows? Or um, it was. I think I heard about it when I was grown up. So I had already left, gone to Australia, and come back. And one of those times, because stories and things like this information just comes in, like oh, you know, this cousin had a baby, and we have a gin guardian <laughs> for the family. That kind of thing. <laughs> So, it. and it was just like, oh, okay, so that's something else that this family has amongst all the other things. So, yeah, that's something dad would know much more about because wow. I don't get, I'm not up with all the Indonesian gossip. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear about the gossip about the gin world. I want to know what the gin live like and what you learn from them. Uh, and then I want to hear about your family, gin. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, in Indonesia, uh, just as you mentioned before, it, uh, in the old days, because uh, as you know, Indonesian were colonized by Dutch for quite some times. So our ancestors, our, our old old grandparents, you know, always uh, in a war with Dutch. So uh, to a certain extent, they used genes to help. 
right? Mm. So that gene is passed on from generation to generation to help the family to basically it's a, uh, just like a, a guardian kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and this passed on from a family to family to family until uh, I think uh, my, my, my father uh, sighed. And it, the story basically is very interesting because um, I, uh, I did, at that time I didn't know about that. But I have a, a producers, a film producers, friends who, who I work with her quite some, uh, often. All of a sudden he called me and I said, oh, Arianto, uh, uh, can we, you know, meet up and have a coffee? Uh, I said, oh, yeah, what, what, what's it all about? And I have something to tell you. He said, oh, yeah? I said, okay. So, so, you know, we meet up and have a coffee. And I asked her, oh, okay, what is this all about? And she said, okay, next to you, this, uh, this person. He said, what person? I said, you know, it was in, in, the, in a cafe. In a cafe. And he said, this, this person dressed like this and this, 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 this. And he said, he is one uh, guardian to your family. Oh, I wow. said, no, I didn't. I didn't know what is it. What is it? What, what is it? What does he want? I, I, I didn't know that my family has a, a guardian. No, no, that's for, not from not you know from your family, but from your father's and father's family. Said, okay, what does he want? So he he told my my at that time I didn't know I didn't know about this sort of spiritual thing you know I was I was too pure and simple at that time <laughs> <laughs> so so she said uh, uh, as he asked you whether his surface is still needed oh my gosh said I said what surface well he's been. Uh, guarding your family you know uh, for this uh, quite quite some times now mm. you know and now it seems like uh, nobody's really really you know cares about uh, his present and <laughs> I say, well because you know my family basically you can call it modern family so yeah. we don't really into that sort of thing anymore oh you know? gosh he, he felt he, needed he needed to be needed Wow. Yeah, so 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 he he asked me whether my family still needs his service to guarding mm. the family, uh, and I said, "Well, I don't know about it." I asked my family, you know, right, I right. what's happening. So I get my family, you know, my siblings, all together, and I told them about what's happening. That I met a friend of mine and told them about what's happening. And uh, my eldest brother uh, said, oh, yeah, this is from, you know, from the great, great grandfathers and this and that. So far. Oh, okay. So now, you know, I ask you all whether we still want him to, to <laughs> guard us. You know, if not, then I tell let him. Let him go, yeah. Let him go and do whatever, you know, become a genius or something. You know? <laughs> and so, no, of course my family, you know, my family not into that sort of thing. No, no, no. They can, you know. He he's free to go, whatever, you know. And uh, and and just say thank you for all this time, the service they given to the family. So you know. So I 
I didn't know how to do that, but 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 I just said to them, okay, who, whoever you are, who regarding my family, I said the family that you know now don't really need your first service, but we appreciate of uh, the service that has been given to the family for this some time, and now you are free to go. So. You know, basically that's what I do, you know, because I didn't know how to communicate with Jin at that time. You know? Right, right. right. Uh, so the family Jin is gone. So the family Jin is gone. So it's, wow. uh, you know, but I didn't put him in a bottle. Like <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you this, you know, um, when, when you said that you got to learn a lot about like Jin life and how the Jin are and what Jin world is right, the most common portrayal of the Jin in the Western imagination is exactly mm-hmm. that. You find a bottle, you rub it, the genie comes out and says, I'll grant you three wishes. Does that actually exist in the genie world? It, from, it's, from your interactions with Jin, it doesn't seem like the Jin are there to like just grant wishes. They might help Granting wishes is like bringing you something like some money or or making you wealthy or or you know instead of helping you solve something or fix a problem. Yeah, well, basically that's what I that's what I find out. You know, when I you know had a lot of a conversation with Jean, they are just like uh, us. You know, they are a good Jean, they are a bad Jean. They are, you know, just like uh, in our daily life, there's a crook, there's a, a bandit, there's a whatever, and there's also good people as well. So that's, that's what I found out. So to me, those genes who are bad, those who are trying to scare us with whatever uh, oppression, they, 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 you know, manipulation that, that they do to human beings, that, that are the kind of genes who are uh, the baddies, mm. you know. Uh, the good one, they don't do that sort of thing. Don't trust those ones, the ones who make those promises, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. That's, that's right, because, uh, because the problem is we don't see them, so we don't really know what they're doing. So mm-hmm. why, why are we trusting something that we don't really know uh, mm-hmm. uh, all about them? So uh, we, you know... Have you, uh, ever, have you ever come across... In one of the episodes um, that will air, I'm going to talk a little bit about relationships between jinn and human beings. Have, is that something you've ever seen? And when I say relationship, I mean like an actual, like a romantic relationship. Like a, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that that was actually my first experience. My first can experience. you talk about it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I, actually, my first experience. When when this 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 man sort of passed it on the knowledge to me, and he wanted to to test it whether I can you know I can utilize the knowledge he given to me, so he sort of sort of like uh, calling you know few genes and going go and talk to me through through my body, and I become a became a medium this sort of thing you know, and and surprisingly. He said to me, okay, I have given you, uh, I pass it on to you, uh, this such and such gene. He, uh, he is a male gene and this, he is big and whatever. He just described it to me and he just passed it on to me so I can feel it how they are. If they are within me sort of thing, you know. Oh my goodness. And, and it is very, it is, every single genes are quite different. Yeah. 
the feeling that uh, that I felt at that mm-hmm. time, you know. And in, in the last, he said to me, uh, I'm going to uh, pass it on uh, a female gene so you can tell the difference if it's a female or male. So okay. So, so he just passed it on. And, and, and I said, yeah, it is different. It's quite different. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more gentle sort of thing. The gentle feelings come in to, to your body. And, and he started making a uh, question. He asked the gene, who, what are you doing? And what's your name? And where, where are you from? That sort of thing. You know? And it's very funny because uh, he asked, uh, who are you? And he said, oh, I'm in such and such. Uh, I, I think I told Nisa to it. Huh? Uh, the the names the name that uh, you know that uh, that I heard is very I don't know it's just unhuman name sort of thing you know oh okay no it's not names that we're used to and that's right and and said okay what are you doing here well I just passed on this house and you called me he said okay and where where do you live and, he, and she said I live in India he said really yeah yeah uh, and what is your family? I'm a, the daughters of a king, he said, mm. in, in India. He said, oh, okay, how old are you? And she said, I can't, I can't remember, but still teenagers, basically, you know, since still teenagers. And, and this man asked me, are you, are you, are you, are you married yet? No, I'm still, I'm still a teenager, 17 years. And okay, do you want to get married? And, oh, yes. And, said, and uh, that's what she said. And do you, do you like Arianto? And she said, yes, I like him. Oh, my him. gosh. <laughs> and, and, and this is a very, you know, I, I, I just sort of really stunned, you know, just... You're hearing these answers come out of your own mouth? That's right. Just, just, like, just, just like this. Just like I'm talking to you. Wow. you know, I'm and, using... A, but you know I'm it's not a, you. But it's you, you know it's know, not you. I know. I'm, I'm using, uh, you know, like right at, at this moment, I'm using a headset. Nobody says that says I'm talking to someone, but I'm talking because I hear you talking mm-hmm. through my. It's a sort of a similar concept, you know. I hear them talking. I know that it's not me, right? Uh, right. right. And so basically, they just, I I give myself uh, to amplify their voice. <laughs> it's kind of concept. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, okay. Uh, well, I like him. Okay. Do you want to marry here? Is it, yeah, why not? I mean, you know, I make it a very, very casual. And and uh, this uh, this man said, well, I would call it my spiritual guru. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, but he married. Then. But, and you know what? What's a very surprising to hear the answer. And she said, well, Muslim has four wives. <laughs> oh, no, what? And I and I and I was just laughing, you know, <laughs> and I was just laughing, and and said, okay, oh, yeah. no, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't want you to get, okay, you can, you can, you can just go. So, but okay, so this was an opportunity you had, and you didn't take. There are people apparently who have taken the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm going to establish a, a relationship with a jinn, a marriage or a romantic relationship. Have you ever met somebody like that? Do you know anybody like that? Uh well, I, I read quite a lot of people who has uh, <clears throat> married Jean. 
<clears throat> but I never encountered with someone that I knew. Mm. Uh, Would you recommend it can... <laughs> <laughs> for those who are single and looking? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, actually, it may happen. You know why? Why is that? Because um, it is a verses in the Quran that uh-huh. said, Oh, you mankind, married your own kind. Uh. So meaning there's a possibility that they can marry the other kind. Right, right, right. right. That, the, that is so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, married your own kind, especially. Otherwise, if they cannot do that, just, you know. God wouldn't do? have to tell you that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So because some people may do it. And then in Indonesia, uh, yeah, I heard quite a a lot of people who, who, you know, who has a different kind of a... <laughs> yeah, you can look it up on the internet too. There are people who claim it. Another <laughs> thing, why, why it sort of confirmed this uh, theory? Because my, this is my own sibling, my own sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, at that time, she was still married to her husband. And there's actually, uh, well, at that time he thought it was her husband, came to the room and she knows that her husband's still out there. Oh, okay. I have chills again. What? That's, 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 that's what, you know. So somebody came well, into her bedroom and it looked like her husband, but she knew it wasn't her husband. It wasn't her husband. And then what happened? Well, because she knew, she said, of course, you know, she, she, she auto, automatically sort of, oh, we call it, oh, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, this must be a, a gene mm-hmm. who imitate. It's a kind of gene. Because, yeah. yeah, because they, they can manipulate themselves into different, you know, different shape they want. Yeah. Being, yeah, a, yeah. being an energy. So, yeah. I mean, that's, she uh, was able to get rid of it. Oh, oh wow. yes, yeah, because she knows. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, Anita, at the um, I really hope that we can have another <laughs> another <laughs> conversation, uh, maybe in a few months, and have you guys back on because I, I have so many more questions, and I bet you our listeners are going to have questions. So, if you guys are open to it, would you guys be willing to come back for another chat yeah, later? Sure. I think yeah, Dad sure. about this <laughs> than I do, so he will have more stories than I will. <laughs> but I totally get it. But Nisa, at the begin at the top of our interview, you did say you had a story to share. Didn't you say that? Yeah. Oh, my go-to story? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear the go-to story. Um, well, actually, Dad was there when this happened, so maybe okay. that's why it happened, because he was there, because oh. nothing's ever happened when I'm by myself. Okay. Um, but this is in my parents' house when we just moved in uh I think we'd been there maybe for about a week or so and dad and I were just sitting in the living room watching tv one night maybe around 9 or 9 30 and it was just the two of us in the living room and we have this glass these glass doors in the living room that lead out uh to the backyard um so you can see outside we had the light on uh the blinds were still up so you could still see outside that there was nothing there no one there and just all of a sudden the doors started shaking like someone was trying to open the door but couldn't because it was locked and this went on and there wasn't an earthquake happening no no because (laughs) in indonesia we get earthquakes um and you you know what they feel like the the you feel 
you feel the earth move, you feel whatever you're sitting on or lying on move. This was, we were just sitting there and it was just the sound and the movement of the doors shaking. And both of you saw this happen. And yeah, we both heard it because it was quite, it was loud. It wasn't just like a little rattling. It was like a proper, like, you know, let me in that kind of shaking of a door. Oh my God. And this is like the first and only thing that's ever happened to me that's related to this. And I just kind of looked at it and I looked at dad waiting for him to give an explanation. He didn't, he was just like, (laughs) whatever. And I was like, I can't even remember what I said. If I said, what was that? I think I probably said, what was that? And then just got creeped out. Um, And then this, this is related to something about in Indonesia, when you, when you go into new spaces, um, uh, places that are unfamiliar that you sort of then the diff- the belief is different um, dependent on if you're religious or not if if you're not religious you might think you're asking permission from the being or the jinn to pass by or to live there if mm. you're muslim you might be just sort of not asking permission but rather introducing yourself and saying hey i live here now and let's sort of get along kind of thing so my interpretation is that because we were newly moved in and maybe Um, we hadn't no one had said hi we're the new the new people who live in this house you're gonna have to live with us yeah Yeah. the gin was kind of like hey i'm here can you sort of introduce yourself or something i don't know maybe it was something like that but maybe dad We've talked about this, but I've never actually asked dad what his interpretation of that event was yeah. or if he noticed anything. Do you different. remember that night? Are you yes, remember? I remember. Because uh, uh, it, it always happened to a new person who came to our house. Because it, actually really? it happened. Because one, once we were, the whole family went to Australia. So I asked the, uh, 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 what you call it, uh, uh, a person that I know to stay in the, ho- uh, in the house to look after while we were in Australia. So that's actually what happened to him. He said, I was, I was sleeping in, you know, in the, uh, in the TV room and all of a sudden this just like someone started to get in, you know, <laughs> shaking the, the glass door. And I was so scared. Uh, <laughs> so I said, well, you know, because, because you were new there. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the caretaker uh, didn't really know who you are you know? wow. so try to get you <laughs> maybe maybe the guardian jinn thought this person is like trespassing that's right <laughs> wow well um i'm gonna have to wrap up but anita i want to ask you a, a, a one last question um and again please please i would love to have you guys back on because especially arianta I, I have so many more i, I want to hear all your stories but um let me ask you this where does your very first episode for Archipelagos was with your father talking about mm-hmm. gin, and I and I saw that you you said in, in an email to me that that was he had suggested that topic, and now mm-hmm. I understand why because <laughs> he knows all about it. <laughs> what other things are you like? What other kinds of entities? Because you know, I happen to be. I happen to be that that like raised in a way it's like anything unexplained. Oh, it's just all gin, right? It's just mm-hmm. all gin. So, but what what other kind of beliefs and things are you going to be talking about in future episodes? Um. So, yeah, like as, as a Muslim, yeah, you believe all these different um, manifestations all basically lead back to jinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if you're not a Muslim or if you're maybe not a, a completely believing or um, practicing one, uh, you think that they're all separate things. So, um, for example, like episode two is, um, a, I call it a legend, but some people also call her a jinn queen. 
Um, her name's Nira Rokido and she's called the Queen of the South Sea and she's supposedly the queen of a kingdom in um, the southern sea of, of Java. Uh, and, yeah, there's um, one of the Oh, that sounds amazing. Ep- is, that episode <laughs> two? is that episode two? That's episode two, I've got to check then, out episode two. Okay. <laughs> she's very interesting. Um, and then we've got episode three talking about actual possessions, which is also another thing that's very common in Indonesia. You can talk about someone being possessed as casually as someone getting a new job, for example. Like people will ask questions, but they won't be very surprised if you tell someone that, you know, they know someone who was possessed. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other different uh, beings and shapes. There's... One of the episodes that we're going to do, I'm going to talk about the big three, which is the most famous or most well-known of Indonesia's supernatural beings. Mm. Um, And one is a kuntelanak, which is the typical Asian black, long hair, white dress, that kind of image. Um, Like a hag. The wronged woman kind of thing. Uh, A hag, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then one is a pochong, which you might be familiar with when I tell you, but basically a pochong is in the form of when a Muslim is buried, how they're wrapped in the white cloth and then you have the ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, I, I think of the neck and the feet and the waist and something like that. That's mm-hmm. that's an actual um, being uh, that's quite well known. It, it appears then, like that. It appears like that, and it's it's quite funny because because it's still tied up. They can only get around by jumping, <laughs> so it's it's not very. Well, that scary. takes away the terrifying. Yeah, it does, it does. It does a little bit. <laughs> And then the last one of the big three is um, this one actually could be related quite well to Jin. This one's called a tuyul. It's the in the in the form of like a little a little kid that's bald, and they can be um, they can be sort of I guess looked after like a pet, and they do your bidding. And usually they're used by um, people called dukun, which is like a shaman or a black magic practitioner. Oh. They own. Dukun, uh, they own Tuyul, sorry, these little beings, and they can be told to go to people's houses and steal money for them. It's sound so, like goblins, kind of like. Yeah, like a little bit. Um, I think my, my sister talks about a story where she sort of said, because this my sister, she saw something when she was younger and we think maybe she saw a Tuyul and she said it looked like a like Dobby from Harry Potter. There you go, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so if you sort of, because there are these gins that you can like you talked about before the transactional idea of if you ask for something from a gin, that gin will want something back to you. So the idea with these two, they're the shape of a little kid. Mm. Um, you actually have to like give them toys and give them food. And apparently there's one um, belief where you have to breastfeed them, <laughs> which is really gross. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they will go to people's houses and steal money and, and jewelry and stuff for you. So I might have more questions about the breastfeeding one, um, but I will circle <laughs> back to that. Cause I'm like, you don't have to be lactating to do. Okay. But anyway, I'm getting too technical here. Um, wow. So you, okay. So where can listeners find your podcast? I'm assuming it's on most, um, most different, most apps. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on, um, iTunes and, and Google, Spotify. Um, it's, and then you can just listen straight on our, on our website, which is archipelagosts with an S at the end.com. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Now, there are as many people in the world with gin stories as there are gin. So if you have one you'd like to share, make sure to email it to me at thehiddengin at gmail.com. That's thehiddengin, T-H-E-H-I-D-D-E-N-D-J-I-N-N at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, we are not alone.
The Hidden Gin is a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. The podcast is written and hosted by Rabia Chaudhry and produced by Miranda Hawkins and Trevor Young, with executive producers Aaron Mankey, Alex Williams, and Matt Frederick. Our theme song was created by Patrick Cortez. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.